Welcome to the Work Minus Podcast. We talk about what we need to drop from the way we think about work and what we need to replace it with to be prepared for the future. Go to workminus.com to see a transcript of this episode, more podcasts, articles, and a newsletter that connects you to the best ideas about work. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Work Minus, where we talk about how to build a company that can thrive in the future of work. Today, our guest is Destiny Lloyd from Be Nimble, and this episode is Work Minus Strangers. Hi, Destiny. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. We are in the depths of 2020, both all dealing with all the craziness around us, but I'm really excited to talk to you. We actually met at a live event, which hopefully kids will still know what those things are in 10 <laughs> years from now. But tell us a little bit about Be Nimble. What is it? What does it do? And how did you get involved? So Be Nimble um, is a social enterprise, and we believe that technology and entrepreneurship is really a key to generational wealth for the Black community. So we um, connect uh, Black tech entrepreneurs with um, network and capital and resources to really um, scale and, and grow their tech or tech-enabled businesses. All right. So this is great. We're going to get into what it means for different things. I feel like when you say black tech, it, it almost reminds me of how like we have to remember that everything has an adjective. I feel like there's not just like there's the tech world and then there's the black tech world or Latino tech world. Like there is such a thing as as what we call tech is. Do you, do you see it as mostly like a, a white culture thing or how integrated is the tech world right now? Um, it's definitely not very diverse. It's not very integrated. Um, so, yes, there is. There's levels for sure. Um, you know, it's it's less than one percent of venture funding is awarded to Black founders. So we definitely see a, a large, you know, huge disparity in in that realm of you know just funding and resources going towards um, tech companies and uh, Black entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's a big deal because, like you said, it creates the wealth. It makes things go further in the different communities, has a big impact on things going through. So I'm really glad for what you guys do. Tell us a little bit specifically about some of the programs you run and some of the events that you hold. Okay. Um, so we have a couple of um, large events. Um, we have something called Pitch Party. Um, Pitch Party is our, our demo day. So we have a cohort. We open up applications at the end of the year, usually in December, and we choose um, around eight to ten um, black-owned tech businesses. Um, we work with the founders. We put them through pretty much a, a, a mini accelerator. We help them prepare for their pitches, um, and. We give them access to different resources, um, different people in the business world, in the tech world that can help them, you know, create this really amazing um, pitch. And then we have um, a panel of judges, um, people from the industry from around the country, not just in Indianapolis. Um, They come and they judge this demo day. And these founders are given the opportunity to pitch their idea and they compete for top prizes. Our most recent um, pitch party was in February of this year, and um, the top prize was $10,000, and then there was a $5,000 prize and a $2,500 prize, and then they also get access to um, resources like marketing resources and 
um, get access to, you know, talking to lawyers and things like that, just different resources that'll help them, you know, scale and, and make their business successful. Yeah, so that was in February. And we also have other events. Um, our flagship event is Party Graal. Uh, Party Girl is a fundraising gala that we have every year as well. And the proceeds from that go towards um, our Black Hatch Fund, which is a VC fund that is basically where we um, give funding to um, invest in different um, Black-owned uh, tech companies. So when we're talking about entrepreneurs, we're talking about people who like to solve problems. They see a problem out there, they feel like they can come up with a business that addresses that issue that's there. Tell us about the difference in just when you talk about white worlds, black world, other worlds that are out there. What are some of the, the issues that these black entrepreneurs are addressing and seeing that maybe the white world is not aware of? Um, I would say that as black people, we are very innovative because we have to mm -hmm. we've had to um so i think that is just really ingrained in us and and it's just in our dna to solve problems because we have been the the ones with the most problems mm -hmm. and i think that we bring that mindset and that just intuitive um problem solving to the table when we're talking about creating things creating um, concepts and businesses and ideas that that solve a problem and a universal problem is solved. Um, you know, we come from a large, uh, we come from a place where a lot of people can, um, you know, identify with the issues that we have because a lot of people come from where we come from. So, when we bring ideas to the table, a lot of times it's addressing issues that um, people in other communities may not have thought of because that's just not their experience. That's not their life experience. So there are a lot of ideas and a lot of um, just new ways to approach things. Um, that's another, like, that's that's being nimble, being able to really pivot when necessary. And in the midst of chaos, you're able to find a solution. Um, I recently saw, um, there's a local chef here. Um, her, her name is Chef Oye. She has a, um, a restaurant. Uh, it's a little like storefront, I guess you could call it, out on the east side. Um, but with all of these things that are happening and, you know, not being able to really serve her customers regularly, she came up with an idea and it was quick. It, this was probably early this week. Um, she came up with an idea to help her own business and, you know, just stay, um, just stay out there. She created her, um, the meals that she serves are in, she's now serving them to go basically. So you can order, I think it's like $40. You can order all of the ingredients that come in this uh, meal that she makes. It's basically a, like a crab shrimp broil mm -hmm. with the butter sauce and mm. the crab legs wow. and the corn. But basically she takes each ingredient and she puts them in vacuum sealed bags for you. Wow. She puts the sauce in containers and basically you can just buy all of these ingredients 
for $40 and you can take it home. And she has the recipe. She has basically the instructions of how to cook it. Wow. So it's sold out very quickly and things like that. Like we come from places where you have to feed your kids. You don't have a choice. You don't have the luxury of having a fully stocked refrigerator or having someone else go to the store for you. So just, I feel like me, uh, us as black people, we come from a place where it's, it's a necessity to be innovative and to figure things out. And that's exactly what she did. And, and I, I know that that is the same mindset that a lot of other black entrepreneurs um, come from. Yeah, I think this is really important because as we talk about entrepreneurship and we talk about problem solving, if we look at the white tech world, a lot of the problems they're trying to solve are like you're almost trying to create problems because maybe they don't exist on their own or a lot of the easy problems have already been solved. But among other cultures, that's just not the case. There's still a lot of things that need to, to happen, just a lot of basic things that can be done. Yeah, there's always a problem to solve. And for a lot of people in the Black community, those problems are are everyday problems. Yeah. So it's an awesome opportunity. I'm so glad you guys are doing what you're doing. Let's talk about those two different worlds then of white tech, black tech that's out there. How much crossover do you think needs to happen? What's the support that needs to flow from one group to another? In your world, what's the ideal situation? Um, I would say that it needs to be the norm. Um, right now, I feel like a lot of the the white investors invest in black companies because it's a box to check hmm. instead of approaching it from a standpoint of these, these founders, these innovators are solving a problem that majority of our audience has. So, you know, I think that it's important for the white tech community to understand that black tech founders are solving the issues that your constituents have. And your audience is a mixture of people and your products should be addressing the issues that your audience has. And nine times out of 10, your audience is largely um, black consumers. So you need to have people in the room that identify with the issues that black consumers have and are coming up with ideas that are solving the issues that black consumers have. And I don't think that that is happening right now. I think that a lot of times um, diversity in a company just means that there's black employees, but there right. aren't enough black employees that are creating things that are worthwhile, that are, are bringing value to the company. So a lot of companies say, oh, yeah, we have a lot of black people, but a lot of those black people work in positions that aren't making any kind of impact. So you might have black employees, but do your products reflect the diversity inside your company? And a lot of times they don't. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, the best way you can support us is to leave a review in your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, start a conversation with a friend about how you think we can make work better. Thanks. Well, let's talk directly to, let's say, white CEOs of tech companies, because a lot of people like that listening to the show. 
What do you want them to know in terms of they got a product they're, they're working on, they have a service they're working on on the technology space. They're wanting to be more inclusive in how they do things, but obviously what you're saying is not just, hey, go out and hire black people. You need to be more strategic about how you think about it. So what would you say to those people? How would you want to educate them and encourage them to make a positive influence? I would say to make it a standard, to be strategic and make a standard of diversifying your, diversify your leadership, diversify the, your cabinet, I guess you could call it. Um, the people who are making decisions um, should be a diverse group of people because when you're making a decision as a company, you should want someone who is not going to just agree to agree. You should want people who are going to challenge the status quo and bring a different perspective and ask questions like why or, you know, bring an alternative viewpoint to to your organization. And also, don't just hire someone who's Black or put someone who's Black in, in a leadership position just for them to be a face, just for them to be the token Black person. I feel like there needs to be a range of, of Black people in leadership from Black males, Black females, um, you know, LGBTQ community. There needs to be a range of different Black people because obviously being Black is not just one yeah, right. state. There are different types of Black people. So that's another way to diversify your leadership. And then also don't always just come to them and I feel like sometimes um, as black people, we get pegged like, you know, I'm the one black person in leadership. So I just am supposed to know everything that's black. And that's not always the case. But I do feel like when decisions are made, everyone should be consulted and not just me because I'm black and not just that person because they might be LGBTQ. And I feel like a lot of times that happens and it puts a lot of pressure on that one or two maybe black people in leadership positions to basically be the speaker for all the black community. Um, And I think it also, there is a responsibility that we feel to speak up when things or when we feel like, you know, things should be different or it's our job as leaders, as black leaders to challenge whatever is happening and then to be in an environment where we feel like we can challenge what's happening and not be, you know, not see any repercussion. A lot of times us as black people don't say anything because we don't want to lose our position. We don't want to be seen as that, that one person who's always going to say no. Um, So creating an environment where we feel free enough to, you know, contribute to the conversation in a healthy way and then also you know give our expertise as experts in our field and not just you know black people um so i think it's it's twofold we have to be courageous enough to continue to challenge and continue to open up our mouths and say wait a minute let's think about this what about doing it this way and then from on on the the white person's perspective, we need to feel comfortable in um, 
the environment needs to be created where everyone can speak on, you know, behalf of their own mind and their own expertise and what they know is right and what they feel is right. Let me throw a scenario to you. A lot of CEOs and leaders, they have a limited amount of time, so they want to make the best use of it. So which of these two scenarios would you recommend? One is to for the CEOs to focus on their own company to make sure that they, they're bringing in diverse people, lots of different voices that are there, obviously important, something they should be doing. But there's also the feeling of, well, what if they were to go out and try to find these black entrepreneurs and find ways to mentor them or just share, like, say, like, hey, this is what I learned, not so much the like a paternalistic type thing, but saying, I- I've learned about this and maybe doing some investment in that, really going about that. Uh, do you have a preference on which side someone should focus their time on, whether or not trying to build more minority representation in their own company or really go out and find black entrepreneurs who are doing their own thing with their own communities and give them as much resources and support as they can? I would say that the the second one would probably be a more ideal situation just because I feel like there's a lot more partnership that can happen. Hmm. Um, I feel like going out and supporting Black entrepreneurs um, allows them to grow and create and have their own freedom to create and innovate and build and then come alongside, um, you know, the white tech company or the white company or whatever um, to even to further that. And, and both sides can benefit from that. Um, I feel like sometimes when, when you are, I mean, it's important to have, Black people in your own company and build and diversify your own leadership because entrepreneurship is not for every person. Everyone does not want to own their own company. Some people want to work for other companies and build within another organization. And that's absolutely fine. But there are a lot of people who want to build their own and create their own and have the freedom to do that and not have to, you know, build under someone else's roof. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's a difference I've come to understand between being anti-racist and being multi-ethnic. So a lot of times being multi-ethnic, it says, this is my company. These are my problems I'm solving. And I want to bring in people who look different than me. So I feel good about myself in those situations. Like that's important. We, we're not, we want to downplay the fact that you like, you need diverse voices in your own company, but the power of being anti-racist, of, of putting pressure against systems that are oppressive and really saying, look, if I can go out and support a black entrepreneur and bring them into my peer circle, bring them into other networks that I have access to and, and really make them aware of all the other resources that are there, that's a great solution. And, and I think, yeah, that, that's a great place for people to spend their time. Makes sense. So where do you hope that you grow with Be Nimble? Let's you know look out into the future a little bit. What are the problems you're hoping that you guys are solving in five years because you've grown to a certain place? You know, I think that our hope for Be Nimble is that we are able to fund and invest in so many more Black tech founders. Um, And, you know, we have a hand in helping them scale and grow and become the next, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, just basically bringing more attention to local 
tech founders here in Indianapolis, one, because we have some of the best minds in the country right here, and nobody even would guess that. So one being that catalyst to bring that attention and bring those dollars and bring that, you know, press here so that our local tech founders have, you know, a springboard, a place to to say, you know, hey, I'm here and attract businesses here. Basically, we really want to impact the Black economic system here in Indianapolis and create um, the next, you know, Silicon Valley here in Indianapolis. And I think that the more attention we bring to the local Black tech founders, the more um, attractive the city looks for larger businesses, for investors, um, and just really start to transform this city. And I think that that definitely starts with us and that starts with the Black tech founders of Indianapolis. Yeah. Destiny, this conversation has really opened my eyes to a lot of things. I feel like I have a, a better understanding of what it is that it means to really support uh, communities, to really see Black tech founders as not just like a, a token group that also needs support. But you know, this this is a real business opportunity. Then these are real people who have innovative ideas that have problems that have not been solved yet and lots of profits available for these people. But it's not just like, okay, white tech needs to come in and, and solve these problems and hire all these people. But really to find a better partnership between the two sides and find a way that we can all grow together and learn from each other and invest into each other and learn from each other's mistakes too. Uh, I think that that's a great thing. Thanks for bringing up all these issues. Uh, what else do you want to tell people that are going through this? What's what's a, one bit of encouraging advice? We, we still talked about work minus strangers. We, we titled this episode about how we can, can just kind of break down those walls and, and realize that there's a lot of people working on these types of things. So what else would you want to say? Um, I would want to say, you know, just continue to, look for solutions, continue to look for resources on both sides um, to to the white um, company owners and leaders. I think that it is important to make that, make the goal of diversifying your leadership, not just your workforce, diversify your leadership, put people in positions, in decision-making positions put people in hiring, making decisions, put people in places that can trickle down and make an impact across your organization. So not only the innovators in your company, but the HR people, the managers, the marketing people, there needs to be diversity across all of your departments because that is going to start to change and affect your your talent pool, as well as the perception um, of your company from the public, then um, you will start to see that change. And also to the Black tech founders, just continue to be innovative. Solve the problems that you see every day. Solve the problems that your friends see every day. There's always a problem and, you know, just keep being innovative and, and just keep following your mind and your heart because it's inside of us. It's it's something that's ingrained in us. And listen to that mind. Listen, listen to what is, you know, talking in your head. It's not yeah. a crazy idea. The crazier, the better. 
Awesome. Well, where can people go to learn more about Be Nimble, Black Hatch Fund? Where should people go? You can go to BeNimbleCo.com and learn all about Black Hatch Fund and Pitch Party and Party Gras and everything else. It's all there. It's all there. All right. Well, Destiny, thanks so much for being on the show. We learned a lot and we appreciate you sharing your insights with us. Thank you. 